what it do. Welcome to another episode of the Big Red Pandemic, another episode being number two. And I have a sponsor this time, Eric's Amazing Pool Services. He does weekly services, pool drains, and pool repairs. Listen, I've been friends with this guy since elementary school. Eric Fajardo, he does Eric's Amazing Pool Services. This guy does a great job. He'll clean your pool, he'll fix your pump, whatever you need, he'll get out there. His number is 702-905-2930. If you can't remember that, rewind it. You fucking write it down. I don't know what to tell you. But this guy, he does a great job. Anything you need. His dad's been doing it. He's been doing pools forever. All right. He's been, he used to go out with his dad all the time. His dad had a pretty big company. His whole family does it. Uh, his friend Setafina helps him out. He knows people that can do specialty things. If he can't do it, this guy does a great job. Once again, Eric's Amazing Pool Services. Give this guy a call. So it's 14th, April 2020. We're still in quarantine over this whole COVID-19. And uh, my friend Eric, actually, I was just talking about Slim. We call him Slim, by the way. He brought up the fact that uh, I didn't bring up uh, good uh, numbers when I brought up the COVID-19 thing or thing uh, yesterday. So I wanted to bring up some actual factual numbers. When I looked up the world meter, at least this morning, we're at uh, 1.9 million infected. I'll give you an exact number. It's 1,936,700 infected. All right, well, let me bring you up some good news. Well, let me drop the bad news on you. Out of all those numbers in the infected, we have 120,568 dead. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's confirmed dead. I don't know if that just means they got shot and they had the freaking disease. Not really sure. But out of all the outcomes, the outcomes total, and this is everyone infected, you know, of uh, at least, you know, reported, because I think that still there's a lot of people that have flu symptoms and allergies and they're brushing it off and maybe people that aren't even symptomatic and, uh, you know, they get through a recovery and didn't even know they had the freaking corona. So 579,583,000 people had an outcome. 79% of those people survived. So that's not too bad, and I think the survival rate's going to go up a lot of high because, um, as I said, we don't know of all the people not being reported, but it could go the other way too because there might be a lot of people dying that we didn't know had the COVID-19, so... It could go the way, but I'm very optimistic about it. And uh, every day that goes by, I feel like that uh, things are getting a little better. And I really do think there's light at the end of the tunnel. Matter of fact, I was reading an article of, of NBC News. Take that for what you will. But, um, you know, a lot of restaurants are out of uh, business right now. They're not working. Especially, you know, you could think here in Vegas. But, you know, I don't think of a, a rat problem here in Vegas. I think that more of New York. And I think that's more of where the article was talking about. But who knows how it's affecting here in the uh, Las Vegas buffets. Because, you know, trash is an ecosystem. And uh, they were saying uh, now that there's no trash being thrown out from the buffets and restaurants and blah, 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 blah. A lot of rats depended on that. So now there's rat wars. <laughs> the article literally says that uh, rats are taking over territory as if... Uh, barbarians back in European are taking over countries. So, uh, yeah, that's what's happened in uh, places like New York, uh, rat wars. So have fun with that, New York. Fortunately, we don't have too much of a rat problem here. We got a lot of mice, but, you know, a few mouse traps uh, solves that. Oh, also yesterday, I was saying, uh, talking about, you know, everyone came over for Easter the other day, and I was talking about the family. I forgot one of the most important family members, uh, Christian Telkey Jr. 
Uh, I love that kid. He's five years old. What a beast. You know, you want to talk about relativity. <clears throat> Relative to that kid, I was a bitch at five years old. I mean, this kid, he can fall down a flight of stairs. Uh, he has fell down a flight of stairs. He's fell down many things. He's hit his head. He hits his head all the time. I mean, it's to the point now... He'll be in midair, and he'll let everyone know he's fine before he's freaking hitting his head on the ground. I mean, most of these uh, impacts on the ground and fall downs would make a little kid cry. I mean, 90% of kids would cry uh, the way he falls down and hits his head. He hits it like a champ. I mean, he just, like, runs into stuff, falls. I mean, that's just a regular business as usual for him, you know. I would recommend him being a stunt devil, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't want him to you know, have a career where, uh, you know, he's messing up his body and, you know, he's needs surgeries and stuff like that. So hopefully he uses his brain when he gets older. But if there was a kid who could be a stunt devil, definitely that kid could be a stunt devil. Cause I mean, well, what a beast at five years old too. <clears throat> I really want to get him into jujitsu. I think all kids should have some kind of, um, constructive, uh, constructive sports, you know, whether it be baseball, tennis you know every kid has a different uh porte of what they do you know i noticed that you know christian could definitely be a fighter he loves to fight he loves contact he loves to hit you know some a lot of kids aren't like that i remember when i took uh, my little brothers noah and danny when they were like around five or six i had a pair of boxing gloves i like to box around every now and then with people if they were willing and um put the boxing gloves on them, let them box it out a little. I think either Danny hit Noah or Noah hit Danny. I mean, they barely hit each other. I mean, instant crying. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, I thought all little kids were probably like that. But now seeing Christian, it's like, no, that kid, when you, he would have beat both Danny and Noah probably with one hand. <laughs> he loves to fight. And some kids aren't all like that. Some kids don't want to fight, you know. Some kids like to or be better off playing baseball or something more controlled like wrestling. You know, and I do want uh, Christian to get into wrestling too. Eventually, I think he'll be very good at that. But anyway, shout out to my nephew Christian. I love him very much. So today, I would like to talk to you about judgment, judgment day, fuckers. <laughs> you know, we point a we point our fingers at people all the day. I, I do the same thing all the time. You know, um, I forgot who said it, but uh, I like when uh, she talks about racism. And she says, everyone becomes racist instantly when you're in the car and someone cuts you off. You know, just that moment of anger. And that's what it is. It's anger. Most people aren't racist and most people don't really have hate. You know, it's just little spurts of things that make us angry throughout our lives. You know, you're in the grocery store and someone's sitting in front of the freaking cans. You're waiting. You're in a hurry. They're just taking their sweet ass time, answering their phone, no care in the world instantly will piss you off and now you're just judging that person left and right you know what a piece of shit you know they have nothing you know better going on or you know they're on there you assume they're on their facebook you don't fucking know maybe their fucking mom has cancer and they're dealing with stuff you don't know what that person is dealing with and a lot of times in the car you that happens too you know you'll see people just driving crazy and obviously I mean, you could feel the energy of some people in their cars i mean just angry and hate and you know you can and sometimes that can rub off you instantly you know, that happens to me all the time. Other angry drivers can instantly make me mad, you know. Believe me on this. I, uh, I grew up with my grandma in the car, and I mean, oh, man. If she didn't flip someone off in a car in one, you know, route here or there, that was amazing. <laughs> you can't even finish off a conversation with her without, what the fuck was that guy doing? And what the fuck is he doing? I mean, it was just. So, you know, I totally understand. 
it's a wasted emotion though, you know, I've been learning, you know, when you just stop caring about what other people are doing in their cars and the way people are driving, just mind your fucking business, mind your fucking business, life is so much easier when you do that, you know, no, I'm not saying, you know, you see someone getting robbed or beat up or whatever, just, you know, mind your business, well, depending on who's getting beat up, you might have to mind your business, but, you know, you know what I'm saying, You know, when I was in high school, I feel real bad. It was back um, when social media was first starting, and uh, it was when we had MySpace. MySpace is very much like Facebook. It was, uh, you know, you message each other, you like each other. It was more about friends than likes, but you get the gist of it. Anyway, I was about 15 years old my freshman year, and uh, at this point, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get a girl. That's the only thing on my mind is, uh, you know, what can I do to make girls like me? And uh, what kind of clothes do I got to wear? How do I got to act? And just trying to get attention of girls. That's all you can think about. I can't even freaking do my classwork because, you know, you fall in love with a different girl every freaking period, you know. So uh, one day I got a message on uh, MySpace, like, uh, you know, a private message. And uh, it was another uh, guy. He was uh, saying he saw me around school and, you know, he was... he. I think he said he was gay and that he liked me and he would like to meet me. Well, this instantly made me angry. And I'm not angry at him. I'm not, you know, I don't hate gay people or anything like that. But what made me angry is, is I'm trying to get the attention of these females and I'm having trouble, a lot of trouble, you know. Um, at this point, I got low self-esteem and, you know, I'm just struggling even talking to females, let alone getting a girlfriend or anything like that. And, uh, this guy is trying to be probably, you know, now don't get me wrong. Maybe this might've been some fucker just trying to fuck with me. Maybe someone thought I was gay and was like, you know what? We'll say, uh, we like him and all that. And we'll figure, you know, we'll expose him. That was a very big possibility. And I wouldn't put it past kids back then. I would like to think that he was probably being real though. And I really feel bad about that because my response was that if I ever saw him, I would beat his ass. If I even even saw him, <laughs> I told him, don't let me see you. I'll beat your ass. I probably even called him a fag. I feel very bad about that, though, because I didn't mean it at all, you know. I didn't mean it. It was my own anger I was having. And, you know, I grew up in the 90s, too. I remember all the time seeing dads telling their sons, you know, you better not be gay. I'll fucking beat your ass. I used to see that all the time. That was a very common thing. So, you know, I feel I yeah, I feel for kids that grew up like that. It's got to be a really hard thing to grow up in an environment where you feel like being gay is a hostile thing. You can get beat up, and your own dad, your own dad telling you you'll fucking beat his ass if he's gay. Granted, most of the time, people don't wind up gay, so I think a lot of them, you know, end up straight. But there always is that, you know, I don't know what the percentage is. There is going to be that kid. And I can't imagine, how do you come out like that when you've been told your whole life you've been met with violence with that? And, um, it wasn't accepted. I mean, being gay hasn't really been accepted until, like, what, 2015? I mean, truly accepted. I mean, no one really cares anymore. Now it's moved on to transgender and, you know, the gay thing has really moved down on the uh, discrimination board. (laughs) You know, as far as the wokeness goes, you can never be woke enough anyway. But, uh, yeah, 
I do feel real bad about that. And uh, But I have to move on, you know, and I have to learn from it. And what I learned from it is how to handle things like that. Granted, I've had no other male hit on me since then. But I almost wish they would just so I could handle it again to <coughs> at least feel like I redeemed myself on that. And hopefully, he maybe he ever hears that, you know, I'm sorry. But that's all right. We all make mistakes and we're all human. And that's the point. You can't judge people on one act or two acts or, you know. You know, you take like the Unabomber. You could look at his credentials. I believe he, um, I know he had a doctor's degree. I know he went to Harvard. I forget if he got the doctor's degree from Harvard or this and that. But I believe he was even a professor at Berkeley. I might be fucking that up. But he was a professor. He did have a doctor's degree. And he did do uh, scientific studies. On paper, this guy would have been the last threat to anything. Matter of fact, he'd probably want his opinion. And mind you, uh, the Unabomber is famous for killing people. He blew up people because uh, he was trying to start a revolution because uh, he thought that we'd all be stuck in technology, you know, with our devices and all that, which he was right. You know, technology is taking over. And like I said, I might be fucking that all up. But the point is, is that if you took his credentials at one point, you would have never thought he would have been a person to have been worried about as far as uh, a revolution or a bombing. And that's what I mean, you know, that you're judging people, you know. We take these doctors right now during this whole crisis, this COVID-19. And a lot of people are saying, oh, I heard this from a doctor. I heard that from a doctor. I've heard even some people saying from a nurse. Well, what the fuck does a nurse know? <laughs> I mean, your average doctor doesn't know everything. Right now, my mom's having a problem with her foot. And the doctor is, eh, it could be this, could be that. He doesn't know shit. Unless you're a specialist, you don't know shit. And that was a realization I learned definitely going through the military. Going through the military, um, growing up, I mean, people talk about the military They'll tell you, yeah, the military will teach you. They'll teach you this job. And they, they really think that the military teaches you a job that you know it, that you're very well knowledge about it. Listen, I was a generator mechanic, and I'm not qualified to work on a generator. I don't even know if I'm qualified to turn on a generator at this point. Like, the training is very quick and just give you the basics enough to know pretty much on how to feel it and turn it on and do little, like, Mickey Mouse stuff. But from the outside in, you would think, oh, yeah, these guys are getting some good training and this and that. And it's just not a reality. And you know what? I was forgetting my point on that. Judgment's not always bad, though. You know, like, for example, you see the bum on the street. He looks bad. He looks dirty. He's asking for food. And the first thing you're like is, oh, all he's going to do is buy booze for it. Well, my opinion, if you're going to give him money, don't worry about where that money's going to. You did your job. If he wants to buy booze, then that's on him. You know, I mean, now let me, don't get me wrong. This is what I'm talking about. If you know for a fact that guy's buying booze, then at a point you can't say that, well, whatever he does is up to him. Well, what if you knew he was going to buy a gun and kill someone? You knew, but it's just like, oh, well, that's up to him, that's on him. No, at some point at that point, you share a responsibility. But when you truly don't know what that person's intentions are, all you can do is be optimistic. Now, at the same time, judgment can save your life, too, being judgmental. You always, you got to use your best 
you got to use your best senses, you know, and safety first. You're on freaking Las Vegas Boulevard and Cary in the ghetto. You're at a gas station because you freaking ran out of gas or you got lost or whatever the fuck. And freaking, uh, and I'm coming up here vehicle. It's freaking two in the morning. I'm wearing baggy clothes. Uh, you can't see where my hands are and I'm coming up to you quick. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason to uh, even entertain that, you know. Um, times like that, I don't think it's a bad decision to be judgmental about people. Because a lot of times when they walk like a duck and they act like a duck, they're probably a duck. So there's good ways of judgment and there's bad ways. And you just got to use your best judgment on how to judge people. When I was a kid, it was hard to judge people. And I think it's hard for any kid to judge people. I think you look as all adults as um, on like a pedestal. And it's so weird because, you know, even now at 30 years old, I see other 30 years old and I view them as pretty much kids. I know they don't know dick, just like me, you know. But as a kid, especially around nine years old, 30-year-olds, you think they know everything. I remember being nine years old and thinking, um, yeah, by 30, I should have a kid, I should be married, I should have a house and this and that and, the, you know, the whole cliche, you know, picket fence bullshit. But that's just not a reality. And you got to realize, or you eventually realize, that every 30-year-old, every 40-year-old, every 50-year-old, they were all kids. You know, they all had a mom. They all had struggles. They all went to high school. They went through the same shit you are, and they feel the same shit you do, you know. And we all share common things. We all want to be loved. We all want... That's, I think, something we all share, is we all just want love, you know, no matter how we act and no matter how angry we are about things. And that's why we have to forgive as well. And more importantly, not forgive others, but you have to forgive yourself. And I think that's the hardest thing to do. And that's the hardest thing for even me to do is to forgive myself because I'm very self-critical. And I think we all are. And self-criticism is good as long as it's at a healthy level, you know. No self-criticism, I think, is how you end up not doing anything all day, you know, you end up becoming a fat piece of shit, eating Doritos, you never work out, you never do this, you can't keep a job, you know, you got to have some self-criticism there, at that point, you need your friends to criticize you, I mean, criticism can be very powerful, you know, a lot of people, uh, uh, you hear a lot about fat shaming, and how bad fat shaming is, and I agree, you shouldn't fat shame someone, you shouldn't go on Facebook, and when they're posting pictures of their bathing suit, and tell them how fucking you know, gross they look and blah, 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 blah. That's not your place. But if you got a friend, at some point, you got to let them know, dude. Man, your belly's looking like a keg. You know, you've been having one too many donuts. You know, every time you walk, I see your back fucking jiggle and it's driving me fucking crazy, man. You got to fucking do some sit-ups, you know. But you got to be motivational about it, you know. Try to work out with them. Um... You know, that was the cool part about the military, is when I was failing PT or when I was overweight, I had a numerous people that would tell me, hey, hit me up, uh, we'll run four in the morning. You ask them, well, where do you live? Mountain's Edge. Like, dude, I live on the east side. That's fine. We'll meet up, you know? And that was one cool thing about the military, is there was a lot of motivated people that were willing to help you. And um, that was a cool community. But that also goes back to judgment, you know. 
why is that person fat? You know, not only, not always is someone fat because, um, they're lazy. You know, I'm sure there are situations where they're just lazy and they want to eat and all that. But, you know, some people are really depressed. Some people are still battling with demons back when they were kids, you know, and for whatever reason, they can't let it go. Fucking let that shit go. You know, you can't blame other people and you can't blame yourself forever. You know, at some point you got to take the reins of your life and you got to take control. I couldn't imagine living my whole life with, um, darkness that was dragging me down and uh you know they say you got to talk about it and all that I just don't understand that because I guess I don't harbor anything that really keeps me down like that you know but we don't know what those people went through and the only thing you can do is be compassionate and love very important you know all the time we like to judge uh like right now and don't get me wrong, I'm not justifying what Hitler or the Nazis did. But at the same time, we judge Nazis and just automatic. All Nazis were evil, bad. Which, don't get me wrong, they did some evil shit. And they probably majority were bad. And I would say probably most of the officers and leadership were the true evil. But I think your average Nazi, he probably had a justified reason for what he was doing. You know, he probably honestly did believe he was fighting for the country. And maybe he did believe Jews were evil. Which they're not. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'm not justifying or um, protecting what they believed in and what they did. Because it was pure evil. But I don't believe all humans... I don't believe any human being is just pure evil. You know, whether their mind's warped and what they believe they think is just and right. I really think that... uh, Everyone has a justification for what they do, bad or evil, you know. And uh, I think there was a number, someone was brought up the other day, I wish I remember where it was from. But like 90% of all prisoners really had a justification for what they did. Now get me wrong, there's 10% that are, you know, uh, sadist or whatever that just, you know, they enjoy hurting other people. But I think most people don't enjoy hurting other people. and But when they have a justified reason, they will. And it's just so easy in the world just to be like, label... Yep, these are the bad people and these are the good people. Well, the older you get, the more you find that's more complicated because it's not so simple. Things aren't just black and white. There is just not evil and there's no just there's no evil and just bad or evil and good, I'm sorry. Even right now, you know, we're fighting in the Middle East. I don't truly believe everyone in the Middle East is evil. Most people aren't evil in the Middle East. I think most of them are just like us. They're trying to just get by in life, you know. They have their own culture, they have their own way of doing things. And they're just trying to get by, you know. And then you got this conflict going on, and you got the Americans coming, trying to come in and fix it. And you know, I don't know who's in the right or wrong with all that, but I'm sure both sides are wrong, and neither side is right. And all we can do is, like I said, all we can do is love each other, you know. Even China. I don't hate China. I hate the Chinese government. I hate what they do to their people. Chinese people themselves, they're just like us. They're just trying to get by, you know. I feel for people that don't have a that don't have the same freedoms as America. You can't um you go to China, they're going to take away your cell phone. You can only use their cell phone. You can only use the networks they want to. We're extremely lucky to have the freedom we have. And a lot of times we use our freedom to, you know, bash others and judge others and That's just the way we use our freedoms. 
But um, I guess I shouldn't make it sound like we use our freedoms all in bad because there's a big percentage that we use it in good, you know. It's just like the Second Amendment, you know. You could talk about the First Amendment and, you know, say how we were, you know. I do the same thing online. I'm not really so much judging as talking shit, but, you know, that can be misconstrued as uh, me just being an asshole. And maybe I should tone that down because uh, I understand that people don't really they consider those trolls now and they really they're trying to they're trying to bring a sense of community on the internet instead of sense of talking you know bashing each other and all that and i've really been thinking about that that's probably more important than just being online and you know just being silly and blah 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 which we should still be able to be silly and talking shit but there should be more of a push of community and talking with each other because this just does seem the new way of communicating even though i think it's a shit way to communicate through text or through um messaging a lot of times I'm a, this is a good example, a lot of times I'm a agreeing with the person online, and I put in my two cents, mind you, I'm agreeing with them, and they come back and they're just fucking go ballistic on me, what the fuck are you talking about, and you know, blah, 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 it's like, whoa, 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 I agree with you, and I kind of explain it, it's like, oh, and they're like, I see what you're saying, but that's what I mean, things could be so misunderstood online, and I think that happens a lot, we misunderstand each other when we talk, you know, and that happens on the phone because we're not seeing each other's body language. And body language is so important when you're speaking with each other. So talking online is really such a shit way to talk. And unfortunately, though, that does seem like the way we're uh, we're all going to end up speaking with each other, especially through this whole quarantining thing, you know. I don't think I've talked to my pop in, or, you know, physically talked to him in a while, you know. And for a while, you know, it was because... You know, I was, I should have went over and I got busy here doing whatever, or, you know, I got lazy, this and that, I slept in. And now that I don't, you know, I guess I could go over there, but we're all trying to stay quarantined and trying not to contaminate each other. But the point on that is, is go see your loved ones when you got a chance. I hope that's what we get out of this whole COVID-19 thing is that, you know, next week you might not be able to see your grandma. You might not be able to see your dad, and who knows how long this is going to last. You know, if this thing were to get as bad as some people are making it sound and it wiped out all people, I might not see a lot of my relatives again. I don't think it's going to get that bad, though. I think, as I said before earlier in the podcast, I think things are going to recover, and I'm very optimistic about the whole thing. And uh, I hope people have a better sense of community after it, and I hope people really, really want to try to help each other a little more. But, yeah, all I can say is, is uh, you know, just love each other. And uh, when we're judging each other, use your best judgment. <laughs> use your best judgment to judge. You know, judge a book by its cover, but uh, don't at the same time. Like I said, if it looks like a duck and acts like a duck, it's probably a duck. But you don't want to use your hate with that, you know. And... Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling on about that, and I'm not really coming up with any more good points. I definitely want to get more people on here, because it's really hard to stay on topic when you're talking about yourself and uh, to keep a 
attract thought, you know, I had a million things I wanted to talk about and a few stories and of course they left my head. I probably should have wrote those down. That was my fault. You know, <clears throat> it's not as easy as it, at least as I thought it looked to, you know, talk for a continuous 30 minutes and it'd probably be easier if I had someone here maybe ask me questions or, you know, putting their two cents and all that, which I would like to get, you know, whether it be my brother or my friends or, you know, whoever willing, you know, I'd like to get some people on the podcast that have very different views on me that maybe even challenge my own views and I could challenge theirs. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But I think we had a good podcast here. I think we almost hit the 30 minute mark. I had to stop and uh, redo a recording. Something happened on my phone. Well, that's all right. There is one story I wanted to tell you. Um, back when I was in elementary school, I just got back from, uh, well, I didn't get back from anything. I just left uh, Cortez Elementary School from fourth grade and went to uh, Fong Elementary in fifth grade. So I was the new kid. I was real quiet. I was a real shy kid. I had a lot of social anxiety. So I really didn't talk to anyone. Uh, it took me probably a couple months to at least meet one person and get one friend where at that point I would cling on to that friend and I wouldn't really talk to anybody else. Like I said, I had social anxiety. Cortez, I wasn't doing too bad. I spent a couple of years there. So I actually was starting to get comfortable with a lot of kids, but going to a new school, it's just, it started all over again. So it's like, we got to meet one friend and then slowly meet everyone else. And you know, fifth grade, you only got one year at elementary school. So I got kind of backed up as far as uh, <laughs> not being able to meet people. Cause it was like going from, elementary school new kid to middle school new kid but anyway beginning of the year we were separated into reading groups and I still didn't have a friend I wouldn't really talk to anybody so I just went ahead and read by myself and uh there was this guy Eric which we call Slim now I mentioned him earlier in the podcast he uh he told the the girl he was reading with why don't we go uh read with that kid and I guess she wasn't really too hot about it. She was like, ah, nah, he's a loser, blah, 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 blah. You know, judging me. So that made him even more want to come over. No, 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 let's go read with him. Well, that probably changed my whole year because after that, we became best friends, you know. And, uh, I mean, she, the, I think he saw that that girl he was reading with was clearly being mean to me. And that made him want to, I think, made him want to hang out with me more. And uh, then he started coming over to my house after school, and we just started. We became best friends, I mean, pretty quickly. And uh, we've been best friends ever since, what, 11, at 11 or 12 years old, something like that. So it's been it's been about 20 years, 20 years of friendship. So shout-out to Slim. And uh, shout-out for not judging people. Or maybe you did judge me, but that's why you came over. So either way, you know, that's, that's what I'm talking about, though, is uh, you don't know, you know. And I've done that before, too, try to speak to the, the quiet kid or weird kid, and actually, uh, more times than not, it backfires on you. You know, you end up being friends with that quiet kid or whatever, and you find out, oh, there's a reason why people stay away from that kid. He's annoying as fuck, you know. And I don't know if I was annoying or anything like that. I think I was just real quiet, so a lot of people thought it was weird. I remember sometimes being in a school year and months in, or maybe even weeks in, it maybe just felt like months, but you'd say something, they're like, oh, whoa, you can talk? <laughs> and it's like, you never talk to me, you know? I thought that was always so hilarious. Another one, kids would always ask, why don't you talk? You never talk to me, and I never have nothing to say, you know? But, uh, yeah, it was uh, very weird growing up at school like that. I never knew what was going on, and I never really uh, understood how kids made conversation out of nothing, you know, I'd come off very weird, 
um, if I ever tried to make a friend. I remember being in second or third grade, <laughs> and the way I try to make a friend, hey, what's your name? Oh, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? What's your, you know, it was uh, very, uh, an uncomfortable way of talking, and I felt very uncomfortable talking, you know, and uh, it took me a very long time to become uh, less socially awkward, to a point some people don't think I'm shy, you know, I, someone, t one of my bosses told me that um, when I had a little interview with them and said, um, you're obviously not a shy guy, and obviously I was just faking it till I made it because I'm an extremely shy guy. But, you know, we can work on a, you can work on anything, and you can get used to anything. You know, even the shyest, most secluded guy can, you know, become a stand-up comedian because you just got to get out there and do it. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. You know, everything starts off real hard, and eventually you get to the point where, you know, it's just, it doesn't even matter anymore. You know, it was the same thing with life lifeguarding. I remember when I was first lifeguarding, you know, to do a save or anything, or you're just praying nothing happens. Obviously, the more saves you get, and then, um, I mean, life-saving, you know, practice. Obviously, I never really saved anyone's life. But, you know, you go through these audits and tests and all that, and the more saves you do, the more practice you get, the more confident you are to the point you're like, I hope somebody drowns because I got this shit down, you know. But I'm not going to keep rambling on. I think this was a good podcast, and, uh, Hopefully we see each other soon. You have been infected. Until next time, peace.